This is the podcast for April 22nd, 2011. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from page 38 of the Great American Wingnut Songbook, it's The Professional Left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. playing now, Blue Gal. Well, Sharon Angle sang for us. She did some sort of... Yes. Oh, she did some sort of um, karaoke of God Bless the USA. Yeah. And then yeah. I was disappointed, though, because I really wanted her to sing Let the Eagle Soar. Mm-hmm. Well, didn't we all? <laughs> didn't we all? Maybe if we stuff enough money in her garter belt, she'll... Oh, uh, man. Know, and she's raising really... a bunch of money now for her mm-hmm. her... House of Representatives race, but it's all getting funneled back into the debt from her Senate race. So she's – we have to come up with a name really for fake campaigns that are there to raise either the profile or the income of the candidate. You know, Donald Trump isn't really running for president. No. Well, Donald Trump is is running for for ratings. Yeah. He's running as a, and you know, once we cross that threshold where um, the, there no longer was any distinction between um, Fox News and the Republican Party. Yeah, yeah. Then and it once, it's all entertainment. You know, no, this is just an entertainment show. Yeah. yeah. And once we cross the threshold between um, where lying became acceptable. Yep. You know, you really, the, and we've said this, you know, 20 times before, and but it bears repeating every single friggin' week. Um, this is different than it used to be when we were kids. It is. You know, it is. There, there it's different be- than it used to be. Well, I was thinking about this today. It's different than it used to be even 15 years ago. Yeah. You and I had mentioned uh, earlier this week. By the way, we are under the same roof this week. We are. We're, we're in the castle. Kid free in the castle. So it's you, you know, it's just nonstop liberal yes. talk here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we were talking about how, you know, we never thought we'd reach the point of missing George H.W. Bush. Yeah. And he's the one who called out Pat Robertson mm-hmm. and said, you know, because Pat Robertson was just spinning these crazy wingnut, you know, conspiracy theories that he got away with on his 700 Club. Sure. You know, because it, it's Jesus. Yeah. And you can't question someone's religion, Blue Gal. You can't no, question well, you can't. And, and so, you know, he would say. <laughs> crazy shit about the Russians are doing this and and so and and George H.W. Bush is the one who said look this is a real campaign if you've got some sort of evidence that there are communists in the White House or you know put up or shut up uh-huh. and his campaign was over in three days yeah. after that you know after and, and it emerged from the tomb as a <laughs> <laughs> I mean it is Easter weekend folks and just outside the tomb was Ralph Reed waiting for him. <sighs> somebody, and, you know, yes. somebody in the Republican Party said, stop it. Right. And there's yeah. no one today because, as you say, probably because of Fox News. Yeah. Who is willing to come forward and say, stop it. Well, th- there, are, there are people who straddle. Yeah. And this is this is my bugaboo, and I promise this well, week. Or I guess I guess I should amend that statement. Uh-huh. The only people that are willing to say stop it are made irrelevant, like Mitt Romney. Right. I mean, the minute, the minute they say stop it, the, well, this is this is a a, um, a real a real line in the sand on the right, and this is something. This is this is their 
this is the hinge on, on which they, they sort of turn or bend. Um, if you disagree with the party line on the right, you are cast out. Mm-hmm. And there is an entire rump, you know, alternate universe version, a tiny coterie of expatriate conservatives who are trying to kickstart a second conservative movement. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, my, my Evergreens, David Brooks and, uh, and, uh, David Fromm, Andrew, uh, Sullivan. Andrew Sullivan. And, and there's lots of folks like that. There's, 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 there's many people in the media, uh, much higher up the food chain than anybody I know. Um, but they have the same problem. They, 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 they have exactly the same problem that the, the, the major you know, the Conservative Party does generally and the Republican Party does generally, which is they cannot function without a completely bogus fake history. Mm-hmm. They have mm-hmm. to have they need their own fake Reagan who did fake yep. things and yep. need their own fake history. And it is just a matter of where they draw the line in the past for Andrew Sullivan. It's the second half of the Bush administration when conservatism went wrong. Yeah, Thatcher was still great. Yeah, Thatcher was yeah. still great. Reagan was an awesome dude. Everything was wonderful, and then Bush comes along and fucks it all up. And but for Palin, it was January twentieth, two thousand and nine. Mm-hmm. But it's always the same thing. It's before this moment we're not going to talk about what the truth is. Yeah, and that's where they're trapped, and they're really trapped in this bubble, and they can't get out of it because. They're in the, the financial future, the financial well-being, and the, the, the potency of their really creepy fascist message depends on nobody crossing the line, yeah. nobody yeah. questioning whoever the lead sled dog is. And once Fox News became the Republican Party, and once it became acceptable to lie constantly in public with no consequences, this all became inevitable. And and let's and go ahead and, and talk some more about because we're we're sort of getting into the meat of our podcast early, huh? which is just fine. Uh, this week there were a lot of calls for anger. Yeah. On the left, it's like it's time to just be angry about the Social Security Medicare thing. Mm-hmm. Even Mousy Paul Krugman got his dander up finally <laughs> and said, "No, we're going to be mad." Yeah. And like clockwork. Yeah. You know the GOP comes forth with calls for civility. Yes. And taking personal offense at what's being said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it just makes me want to scream. It's, an, it's the ancient and time-honored technique of I will only listen to your message, to your criticism, if it comes through this very narrow bandwidth. Mm-hmm. If it's mm-hmm. too mealy-mouthed and too cooperating and too compromising and too genteel, I will – Laugh Ignore at you, you. you yes, a pussy yes. and, a, and a, a liberal compromiser and a cheese-eating surrender monkey. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but if it comes through slightly too loud, slightly too offensive, yeah. if you use a dirty word, I will shut it all down and not listen to it because it's not perfect because because yeah. it, it offends me. Because mm-hmm. I don't say fuck. I always say folks. Come yeah. on, folks. We have to – you know, that's what yeah. – they're all very um, – the fascists are all very well-spoken in this country. <laughs> and, and so – Anything to the left or the right of this perfect aperture, this tiny, tiny aperture, I, uh, my party and my ideology lets me ignore completely mm-hmm. because of because of my bullshit beliefs. Yeah, and it's time to pret- stop. It's time to kick that door in. Yes, it is. Yes, and it say, is. you know what? No, you're the fucking problem. Your and, ideology. And we can do that the- without being an asshole about it. I mean, oh, I, brother, we really, <laughs> we really need <laughs> to recognize first of all. Hmm? That with this Social Security Medicare thing, 
you know, close to 90% of the American people are with us on this. So, (laughs) you know, it's perfectly okay to simply recognize that we're in the vast majority. This is the more, this is the moral majority, folks, right here is take care of the elderly, the sick, the disadvantaged, you know, each that's other. that's it. Each other, the middle class, be part of society, be part of the middle class, support the middle class, and you know that so, social security and Medicare. I've said this many times, but you know that's the contract with America, people. That's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And breaking that contract is not acceptable. No. So you can say that calmly. You can say that rationally, and recognize that ninety percent of the people in the room listening to you say that agree with you. Mm-hmm. You know, that all looks good, really good on paper. Mm-hmm. In, in practical messaging terms, the right is very good at, at sticking to three or four or five buzzwords. Mm-hmm. And they tie everything else to it. You know, freedom, socialism, job-killing, liberal. Everything's one of those things. Mm-hmm. And whatever the hell they do, whatever the hell they do, they, everything becomes a prefix with one of those words. And they just pound it oh, yeah. and pound and, it. And, and pound. a very specific example I read on Blog this morning, which was mm-hmm. Daryl Issa saying that the Gulf is still suffering under on, you know, the Gulf of Mexico, by the way, right. celebrated its one-year anniversary of this accident, mm-hmm. this, <laughs> this disaster. disaster. And Daryl Issa said, yes, the Gulf is still suffering under Barack Obama's job-killing energy policy. Right, right. <laughs> And which, so you can always count is, on Daryl Issa for this kind of crap. Well, it's just hilarious to us. But, yeah. but it's just – it's one more brick in the wall. Yeah, yeah. And, and what they do is, they, is, is they, they just hammer these four or five things. Yeah. Everything they want, everything they do is just one of – they tie to one of these four or five phrases. Mm-hmm. And they just shrug off every criticism, every event, everything that goes wrong, everything that proves them wrong from Oklahoma City. Yeah. Bombing to, to the assassination of Dr. Tiller to everything in between. Yeah. The, the, from the Iraq war, banking deregulation, what happened and when and, and TARP and on and on and on and on and on forever. They just shrug it off and keep moving because they know that eventually liberals will get distracted with Bradley Manning yeah. or they'll get yeah. distracted with fracking. Because what we do on the left is we try to reclose every deal as if it's a cold call. Yes. We start all the way over every time we try to make a point. So we say, we say, okay, sit still and let me explain to you the entire background of this new issue. Mm-hmm. And after about two minutes, people just wander off and get bored. Mm-hmm. But the right sticks with, no, this is another example of liberal job-killing, socialism, hate, freedom-hating, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's and not it just, a common-sense freedom solution. Right. Yeah. And they bang that shit home. And the result of that, the reason I, I sort of wandered down this little path is the result of that is, yes, 85% of Americans, 88% of Americans, 73% of Americans love Social Security and love Medicare. But every few years, a substantial chunk of those people are dumb enough to vote for Republicans. Yeah. Yeah, because of freedom and deficits and solutions and and you know sending and, Washington a message. That's yeah. right. And and yeah. the minute the right gets into office, what do they do? They go right after Medicare. They go right after Social Security every fucking time. And those right. and that, when are they going to learn? When are the voters going to learn? Never. They can't. Yeah. The, the, the the that chunk of people is simply not bright enough, or too distracted enough, or or too, frankly, gullible enough to notice the fact that every time they vote Republicans in, they get fucked. So we have to – this is a difference between messaging and messengers. There's a lot of talk on the left about how how our messaging is wrong. 
Mm. I would disagree. You know, you and I can talk to normal people pretty well. We talked, you know, we had a wonderful um, weekend with Miss Susie Bright. Which we're going to talk about in a minute. <laughs> where there was no lack of communication. We had a wonderful time. We, we, yeah. we were very clear. You know, we know how to talk to normal people. The problem is our messengers. Um, the right has a really big, well-funded, sophisticated messenger-supporting system mm -hmm. from the Sammy Awards to for-profit candidacies to their own publishing houses to the Citizens United videographers to yeah. push these four or five memes relentlessly. Mm -hmm. We don't. We have, a, we have an amateur hour. We have you know, an all-volunteer army yep. who's all off fighting their own little skirmish. Non-funded, non, uh, non exactly. Non-funded volunteer and army. And some do great and some do poorly and some fail and some get frustrated. But we're all off fighting our own little skirmishes. And meanwhile, the right is sort of plotting out battle after battle. Every time they, we engage on the battlefield, it's Social Security, Medicare. Get rid of, get rid of, get rid of. Mm -hmm. And they fail before. It doesn't stop them. It doesn't deter them in any way. I know. there will always be deep pockets to, to fund, fund that, that. Yes. the next time around and the next yes. time around. And eventually, this is a little bit like Iraq. Eventually, once you... Once you commit to that, once you vote a Republican office, once you put Scott Walker in office and he destroys the unions, yeah. there's no going back. Well, and that's that's it. It's not only are they well-funded, but they're very good at defunding the opposition. Yep, yep. And, once, and, and, once and that, we're letting them. Well, once that's done, it's like a lobster trap. Yeah. They know that once the, the, the troops roll into Iraq, uh -huh. you can never leave. Right. Right. Once once Social Security is dead, you're never getting it back. Once yeah. the once the fairness doctrine was destroyed, it's never coming back. Right. Right. And they know that once they finally get rid of Medicare, once it, it cheat yeah. lies steal. It doesn't matter how that they do it. Yeah. Once it's done, the liberal coalition in this country will never be re rebuilt strong enough to get it back, to even if eighty percent of America of loves it because, because of, of money. money. Yep. And that's just the truth. So we have we have to quit losing. These fights losing ground. We need to go after them aggressively. Yep. Our message needs war. to be it's yeah. war. Yeah. So anyway, we'll be talking about the war in upcoming weeks. What the we war will. is, but it's war. So let's talk about peacetime. Let's talk about Susie Bright and, and the delightful <laughs> weekend we had with with America's favorite um, erotic anthologist and kick-ass writer and actress and who um, we love and we she, love. we adore her and she's terrific. We. Um, Found out, I found out that on her book tour, which she is, she is on book tour for her memoir mm -hmm. called Big Sex, Little Death. Which is wonderful. Which is wonderful. We both read it. It's very good. Very mm -hmm. revealing. And, and a lot of what she says in her book tour is, is hilarious from the standpoint of privacy because people will ask her during book tour, well, tell me about this, this, and this. And she, she sort of bristles like, well, that's kind of private. And then she, oh, wait, I wrote about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you and know, when you write a memoir that's very revealing and very personal and v goes very deep into your personal history, people are going to know that you yeah. know all this stuff about you. Yeah. Uh, but she... Uh, she wrote this – she's written 31 books. My children were very impressed with that. Mm -hmm. They met her on Sunday morning at lunch. But we took her – anyway, I discovered on her book tour that she was going to be in Chicago, and then she was going to St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens that Casa Blue Gal is right there on the road between Chicago and St. Louis. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right off the highway. Mm -hmm. And so I got in touch with her and her 
and and she and I are Twitter friends and so forth, and she knows me and through the internet, and said, oh, you know, Susie, you need, we need to help you get from Chicago to St. Louis somehow, and when you come, you need to let us buy you dinner, and and it turned out that she was more than willing and very gracious to allow you, Drift Glass, to drive her. Yes. From Chicago down to Casa Blue Gal. Mm-hmm. And, and, then, and then onward to San, and San then, Luis. And the next day on to St. Louis, which is actually a much shorter trip. But Yeah, yeah. And, and you've driven down to Casa Blue Gal many, many times. Your, your car is programmed to just wind up there. So yeah. we, we that was pretty easy. The horses uh, know the way home, Blue Gal. Yes, that's mm-hmm. right. So uh, tell us about how that went. <laughs> Well, it went, it went very well. If you ever get a chance to attend one of her, and she's still traveling the country with this book, if you ever get a chance to attend one of her workshops, uh, she's doing, I think, uh, erotic memoir um, workshops. Uh, this was at the Swedish American Museum, which is up in uh, Andersonville. Not, not the notorious Civil War prison camp. No, no, no. The neighborhood in Chicago called Andersonville. And she did a, a great reading the night before. And... She, um, you can see her all over the YouTubes and you can see her in Six Feet Under. And I believe she was also, she also did a brief appearance in Bound. Yes, and she was um, one of the consultants on Bound. She was the yeah. lesbian sex consultant, I believe. Yeah. She's just, she's, she's hilarious and awesome and funny. And she and has her own weekly show on Audible, which you mm-hmm. can get a free episode of if you're a new Audible member. You can go and you can buy them by the episode or you can subscribe on Audible. It's called In Bed with Susie Bright. Mm-hmm. Well and worth it. I listen every week. And Susie Bright, among many, many other fine attributes uh, that I, I, I resonate with, that you and I both resonate with, mm-hmm. is she's a working writer. Yep. She is an absolute pen to paper, you know, where's my next gig? Where's my next um, thing coming from? Who Who is a really great writer, a really yeah. terrific writer, and mm-hmm. writes... And tries to keep, you know, body and soul together. Well, and she appreciates um, and nurtures good writers also. She does. She really she does. does. Yeah. So yeah. she is not um, – she, she's not rolling – she does not live on top of the Great Glass Mountain where right. writers live and owls fly in their meals that are prepared by chefs far away. Oh, she's, she's a, a working, working writer. Yep. And she's on this tour uh, across country largely on her own um, dime. Right. Um, and – it was so she's she's hitting a city, doing a thing, doing a reading, doing a workshop, hopping in a car, and then going on to the next city, um, town to town, up and down the dial. She's doing that sort of that small band rock and roll thing that's right. exhausting. Right. Um, so um, pick her up, and I'd never met her before, never met her face to face before, and so we we uh, you know, we hit it off immediately. We shared, we laughed, we cried. No, we <laughs> we got her in the car and um, headed down to uh, Casa Blue Gal. And it's it's a fairly long drive, and we you know we chatted, and she was pretty wiped out. We talked about an, uh, all kinds of things, like writing and the, the career of writing. And she uh, part the way down. I, I have one of her books, her um, her anthology, two thousand eight anthology, and asked her to autograph it. <clears throat> and she quizzed me a little bit on on some of the stories that are in there. And it had been a while since I read it. I just couldn't bring to mind any of the telling details of stuff there. I was just kind of I was a little starstruck. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a little bit, you know, so she said, well, why don't I read you a couple of them? Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) How cool is my life? Anyway, 
Um, so Susie Bright is reading you erotic short stories in your car. She's in my car. She's reading me her favorites, her favorite <laughs> funny and favorite noirish <laughs> erotic. Well, and they're not you know, the one. One of the ones she read was um, um, but, and pick it up and, and pick up the book and check it out. It's it's uh, it's noir. It's it's the story of a junkie nurse who seduces a guy and destroys his life. Oh. It is it is something that, you know, Linda Fiorentina might play in the movie. Yeah. Uh, but it but it has, you know, it, it's an adult erotic fiction. It's definitely would not be erotic fiction. I think erotic fiction qualifies in the same sense science fiction does. If you remove the adult erotic portions, it stops being a story. Yeah. In the yeah. same sense, if you remove yeah. the science from science fiction story, it stops being a story. You need you need that to survive. But it wasn't smutty. It wasn't dirty. It was really good writing, and and one of them was really funny. But I'm sitting there booming down I-55, having the time of my life, while America's leading erotic author and anthologist and all-around good gal is reading me adult fiction in the backseat of my car. Wow. So really, how good is my life? Your life is pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On my on the way to see Blue Gal, yeah, who's your fiance? Who's my fiance <laughs> for a scintillating dinner of of laughs and uh, we did have a great time at dinner. We did, yeah, it was a great yeah. time. So you know, and and bringing that full circle to the political, mm-hmm. because you know, as Susie Bright has also contributed to an anthology called The Maternal Is Political. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> there was a segment on her show last week uh, that I talked with her about at dinner uh, where she uh, she takes questions on her show from people, either letters or call-ins about sex. And there was a couple that wrote into her, the woman wrote into her, and the man in the couple wanted the woman to um, – do something, and you'll have to go and listen to her show to find out what it is. Wanted her to do something that she didn't want to do. And it wasn't a big thing, but it was like, no, I really don't want to do that. I just don't want to do that. And so Susie's response I found so telling in terms of politics because Susie said, here's the deal. When two people want have a disagreement about something, the person who says no has the power. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to do it, whatever, you know, whatever this thing was, whatever, if you don't want to do it, you don't want to do it. That's it. You, the other person can't force you to do it. Uh, that's totally inappropriate in any kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. And so you've said no. Now, you might be able to you know, sweeten the no by saying, but I'll do this or I'll sure. try something else or maybe we can play around and make it look like I did that, you know? uh-huh. <laughs> or make it feel like I did that when I didn't want to. But I pointed out to Susie how that really describes Barack Obama and his speech with Paul Ryan sitting in the front seat, which is, this isn't going to happen while I'm president. This, right. you know, destroying Medicare and breaking our contract with America's seniors mm-hmm. and America's near seniors and any American. Mm-hmm. isn't going to happen while I'm president. And all of a sudden, the, you know, the Red Sea parts, and you realize, oh, this isn't going to happen. Well, And that's when, you know, Paul Ryan puts his, the back of his hand to his forehead and says, 
I'm so offended yes. that you would sit, talk to me this way. I, well, the, no. you know, the, the fan comes out and the pearls are clutched. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I, I'm mortified that yeah. my, my feelings are hurt in this way. But this, this is man. why we have to stand our ground. Yeah. And the answer has to be in every instance where anyone wants to touch Social Security or Medicare, the yeah. answer has to be no. Well, remember what Al Franken says about that. Mm-hmm. That the biggest advocate for Social Security is his wife. Yes, Franny. Uh huh. Who has the same attitude towards Social Security that she has towards their children. Yes. Don't touch. If you yeah. touch, I will kill you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I will destroy you. Yes. And, and that's really, that's, that's the proper liberal stance exactly to have. exactly and, i'm not and, not to advocate violence or no, murder or anything like no, that no. but just here's the deal you touch that you're there's going to be a flame that will shoot up uh-huh. and destroy you politically yeah and and you have and to count on it count as, on it count on it but as tom tomorrow you know pointed out in one of his wonderful cartoons um, the and he's a daily coast now, by the way. He's, yeah. he's, which is great. Yeah. And he's, he's, but it's, you know, um, killing old people and turning them into tasty crackers used to be the third rail of American politics. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, but Paul Ryan has bravely proposed, you know, that we, and, and this is where, this is where I would, I must differ slightly with both you and Susie, which is, um, a little bit dangerous, I realize, but yes. um, it's it's, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go because it wouldn't be a, a broadcast without a science fiction direct science fiction reference. Everybody, take a drink. I'm gonna go with Dune this time, which is again. I, I love you, Drift Glass. Yeah, I love you too, Blue Gal. <laughs> the, the, and, and the the power to destroy a thing is the power to control a thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, he who says no in a in a stable, normal in a relationship where no is respected, yes, yeah, is fine. But well, and that was the presumption that Susie made that the other exactly. person isn't going to force you to do it. Exactly. Yeah. But if you, but if 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 Barack Obama is confronted with the specter of, um, we will destroy the United States credit rating in yeah. the world. We will yeah. destroy the economy. Yeah. We will, yeah. we, we're perfectly willing yep. to take this fucker down unless you yep. gut, unless you do what we tell you to do. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think it is important to remember that, that within this right-wing cabal are rapists yeah. who are willing to force issues. And I'm not saying all of them, and I'm not making broad statements here, uh-huh. but there are people on the right crazy enough to say, no, you know, we're going to destroy all of it and right. burn the whole fucker down. Right. To win. To win. To win. Because we need to start over again with freedom-based solutions. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and this is where I directly fault that chunk of voters yeah. who can't seem to remember from one election to another. Well, yeah. And, and already, you know, Drift Glass, the, the GOP has proven that they're willing to – Endure, quote unquote. Yeah. You know, twenty five percent unemployment for a few more years to destroy sure. Barack Obama. Sure. So, and why not? Well, and, you know, and that's you not flip, my friend's suffering. That's you flip, not. You, you flip over to um, yeah, it isn't their friend suffering. It no. isn't people. It isn't isn't anyone they know. Yeah. And and if you flip over to again to Al Franken, um, um, the, the truth, truth with, with jokes. The yeah. truth with jokes. He he he. If you read what was done. To, to kill Social Security under the Bush administration, or if you just remember it, it is, yeah. it is chapter and verse exactly what 
Paul Ryan is doing with do Medicare. It now. Absolutely. It's, it's bribe everyone over 55 into not participating in the process. Oh, no, you'll be taken care of. Right. Your kids are screwed, but we'll take care of you. So, so you split the vote. try to split generationally, which, uh-huh. as I said in a post at Crooks and Liars, uh-huh. uh, the reason that doesn't work is that grandma is taking care of the kids. That's right. And That's exactly over right. and over and over again, especially since this recession, since the Great Recession started, more and more mm-hmm. grandparents have taken the kids in and taken the grandkids in. And there's yep. all of this housing huddling going on where intergenerationally the way to survive is to move back in with mom. Right. Or to have mom move in with you and bring her social security check to the house so we can eat. And it almost sounds like it's a class issue, Blue it is. Oh, yeah. Gee, you Golly. know. Yeah. And all of a sudden well, it is a class issue because if gra- particularly if grandma has the kid, has the grandkid – and mom is out of the picture. The, that middle generation is either on meth or disappeared or uh-huh. in some other way out of the picture. That kid has Social Security also. She, that right. kid has a check right. and, so, prete- and has Medicaid. And so pretending that somehow this isn't going to affect grandma because we're only going after people who were born after 1955 mm-hmm. – is bullshit, and Grandma knows it because she's getting that check, and she's getting those ADHD meds for her grandkid mm-hmm. on Medicaid. Yeah. So it's you know, don't pretend you can't. It, it becomes very concrete to Grandma that you're fucking with her. Uh-huh. And uh huh. Every one of those people, yeah. every one of those people need to need to as we need to approach those people, those yeah. good, uh, Amer- dis- those good-hearted, distracted Americans yep, yep. Who, who occasionally forget how awful the Republican Party is whenever they get into power. Yep. And anybody who observed the lame duck session before and, the, la- and the, the first two years of the Obama administration saw that this is a party who was completely discredited during the 2008 election, yep. who was thumped yep. and who still didn't care. Yeah. Like fuck it, we still have. We're clinging on to this by our fingernails, so we're just gonna we're just gonna filibuster everything. Yeah, yep. we're just gonna block everything. And in the lame duck session, we're gonna and they what they do is they fight and they fight and they fight and they fight from from and whatever. Then they change told, their name to Tea Party. Yeah, and pretend that the past eight years didn't happen. Yeah. and fight and, and fight and fight, and people believe them. People and, believe and they, them. And they they got so much of what they wanted when they were in the minority. Yeah, they were willing to hold. People's lives hostage, yeah. hold poor people, sick people, American economy hostage to their crazy fucking agenda when they were in the minority. Yeah. Because fuck you, yeah. we're going to do this anyway. That the 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 only way that liberal messaging is going to succeed is if we start sticking to four or five basic points, yeah. and angrily so, passionately so. That Republicans are traitors. Republicans are liars. If you vote Republican, you're voting against America yep. because Republicans hate this country and always they have. They hate the middle class and they hate the Americans that built it, right? Yeah. We have to stop now. Yes, but we I do. Want, I want to say one more thing to Susie Bright, something I never thought I would say on a <laughs> podcast or a broadcast anywhere. What's that, Blue Gal? Susie Bright, your bra is in the mail. <laughs> and there and there, the and there endeth the lesson. <laughs> Um, we're so grateful to our listeners and people that have emailed. I caught up on a lot of podcast correspondence this week. Uh, we got a lot of feedback about the skits we did for Adam Klugman, and people liked them, but the vast majority of people writing in didn't want 
our conversation interrupted with a skit, Driftglass. So mm-hmm. we'll do something else with those, and probably we'll just continue to work with Adam. He seemed to like them and has invited us to come back anytime. So, hey, that sounds awesome. And then we'll publish those as bonus podcasts, so you'll still yeah. get to hear the skits if you want to. Yeah. Uh, as we've had this lovely week together... <laughs> It's been uh-huh. so romantic. Uh, under the same roof, without kids, it's been just, ah. Uh, but, we, but we've also done <laughs> taken care of some business, and mm-hmm. we've come up with some fundraising ideas. Thank you so much to those of you who've contributed yes. to our Netroots Nation trip. We're just so grateful to you. Mm-hmm. As we've talked about it, we definitely feel our next step is to include folks who, for whatever reason, want to send us a check rather than contribute electronically, and we totally get that. Mm-hmm. So this upcoming week, when I'm back down in the cornfield, I'll be putting something together, and hopefully we'll be able to let you know next week how you can contribute via mail. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, I want to let everyone remind everyone it is Easter weekend, which is also Blog Against Theocracy weekend. I'll be putting up a post at my blog, Against Theocracy. I want to recommend to everyone that you go over to au.org, which is Americans United for the Separation of Church and State. They've got lots and lots of information about what the battleground looks like against theocracy. And it's not just, you know, the crazy right-wing theocratic candidates like (laughs) Rick Santorum who are out there being crazy. There's a lot of real state battlegrounds going on with uh, school vouchers and all kinds of stuff that we really have to be alert on the alert about. And I also just wanted to promote something I found out about at au.org, and that is that uh, the director, the executive director of Americans United for the Separation of Church and State, Barry Lynn, will be on Nickelodeon on Sunday night <laughs> at 9 Eastern time. And he's a terrific guy. I've met him a couple times. And uh, they're going to have Linda Ellerby, who you may remember. I do. I love Linda Ellerby. We love Linda Ellerby. She's going to be doing a show for kids on the right to believe or not, which I just love. And and these kids who are Muslim or atheist or have any other kind of religious feeling other than mainstream Southern Baptist and are sitting in Alabama and Kentucky and so forth and feeling very oppressed. Uh, Linda Ellerby is, uh, I think, giving them a voice and, um, and and having some of them on her show. And Pat Robertson's going to be there, too, for flavor. Mm-hmm. Mm, a little crazy juice. Yeah. yeah. So be on the lookout for Against Theocracy as a hashtag on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And also uh, blog yourself if you're a writer, blog about uh, theocracy or read other posts on Blog Against Theocracy. There will be a lot of people participating in that this weekend. Uh, We want to thank our listeners for listening and contributing. We have an email address. It is proleftpodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. And as far as I know, I'm all caught up on my podcast correspondence. So you might actually get (laughs) – Gmail was doing some odd stuff when it came to forwarding emails to other our other accounts. It was only forwarding to one of us at a time, and so mm-hmm. some, some of your emails went to Drift Glass and some went to me, and we finally worked that out so that both of us get every email that yes. you send to proleftpodcast at gmail.com. That is working now, so please feel free to email us. We love hearing from you. We have a website where you can listen to past episodes for free with no download and no registration. 
That email address is professionalleft.blogspot.com. Our podcast is also on iTunes, and we love our iTunes listeners. You guys are great. If you're listening on iTunes, feel free to rate and review our podcast. That helps us out, and we're very grateful to you for that. Finally, at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, there's an opportunity for you to generously drop five bucks in our hat to support our podcast work, pay the writer, and uh, let us know that you're on our side. We really appreciate those $5 contributions. They keep us going, and uh, we're just so grateful to you for that. So thank you. How are the Internet kitties? I have one in here. And the one that usually delivers the angry message is back with you, right? Yes. So yes. what does she have to say today? Well, she she says, in honor of Blog Against Theocracy Weekend, do not forgive the right, for they know exactly what they are doing. Let's think about living. Let's think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the bopping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the whining and the crying, the shooting and the dying and the fellow with a switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. This podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2011, Drip Glass Blue Gal Podcast. Both of them were out here, but now it's just the older one. Younger Internet Kitty is back here. Oh, she walked back there to supervise you? Uh Look, if you screw up the Internet Kitty portion of this show, let me just tell you, you know. Yeah, your ratings. I don't know if you noticed, your ratings are falling like a fucking rock. Okay, <laughs> and I can tell you why. We've we've polled over two internet kitties, and they say it's the lack of internet kitty focus on these goddamn broadcasts. <laughs> Everybody, you know what people don't like? Liberals bitching. You know what people do like? Kitties, internet kitties. My my internet kitty is you know part Frank Luntz. I'm just reading you what the polls tell me.